Hi, this is Claire and the Art of Life podcast. You're so welcome here and I'm going to speak about the hearth, the heart and the art of the home and the the putting in of a gifted stove into the centre of my beautiful medieval home. I'm going to speak about this on, on several different levels. I was Before I'd even started doing the recording, I was thinking, oh, well, which community would I share it on? And again, this repeating question of, of how do we categorise ourselves? How do we fit in? How do we find the right structure for what we're sharing? And today I was thinking, fuck it, this is about natural medicine because really at the end of it, the conversation I had in the DIY store, the Ferramento home improvement store, really summed it up where we were talking about the difference between having a natural fire in the house with flames that you look at <laughs> and wood that you smell and the the beautiful manual labour, the sweat, equity of going outside, picking up a log, bringing it inside and feeding it into a stove and sitting down to rest with this warmth created by your labour. Um, it's an investment in the house and especially if the stove is in the right place. At the right time, um, it can be just a, a massive, massive blessing. And I've, I've often talked about the connection between the word art and heart and hearth. Um, there are lots of academic theories about how language, language works and the mapping of language and the etymology of words. At the same time, I live in a wee town here and I come from an island which is similar in some ways to this wee town in Italy where the language is the local dialect is incredibly intertwined in multiple European languages, multiple European languages. And it's also mixed in with Italian, but it's a unique form of Italian. So telling me or telling someone in, in Guardia that <laughs> their language has come up through academic channels or come up through the seats of learning. That's just an absolute nonsense. It's moved through trade channelings and through work channelings, um, through the roots of the young, a lot of the old men here lived and worked in Australia or America when they were in their late teens. And they learned American there and they might have an odd word here and there hundreds of years ago there was a trade in furs that were and tanning and preparations of skins so skins and animal furs were traded from north africa to north europe through here through this town and the tannings were done here and the the town was actually built on on the fur trade essentially and because of that, there would be all kinds of languages and interbreeding, effectively, where, like many Mediterranean towns, there's predominantly dark-haired, dark-eyed people. 
but there's a, a whole vein of blonde haired and ginger haired, like red haired people and blue eyes and pale coloured eyes, which is like the language. You can see there's been a real, it's a melting pot, a mixing pot. And all that to say <laughs> that the power of, of the language is something that I could sit here and wax on about how the language has been manipulated but our use of the language and our connecting through language and making the connection between different words and the origins of words is incredibly powerful there's there's a right way to do it and then there's also right with a capital r way of doing it but there's also the right way for us which is how we uniquely view language and word and because of that I know through my own work and through getting to source, finding the power of source in my own body, de-armoring my body, connecting with source that is, is something in the core of me, but also in the core of the world and the universe, the galaxy. Similarly, reflecting that the house is second skin or third or fourth skin, depending on how you view it. The house also has a heart and a core and a source, like a place which is source, which it most resonates with a kind of a source. And <clears throat> my studio is probably the heart of my house, but the core and the, the pelvis of the house maybe um, is this space that when I first came here, it was a, a big old bread oven. It was a, a big old gnarly bread oven, beautiful uh, sort of improvised bread oven made by the previous family <clears throat> and um, taking up quite a lot of space as bread ovens do in houses and sharing a flue, sharing a, a an upwards chimney tube with both a, a fireplace at the other side of this partitioning wall between the kitchen and the back of the kitchen both sharing a, a tube with both the chimney on the other side of that and a, a, a plumbed in, a plugged in um, electrical and stove water heater, a boschetti scaldabagno. Um, it's quite hard to describe all that and I'm pretty sure you've not got a clear picture in your head as I describe it, but the point being there were three appliances as it were, or three technologies being going into two chimneys uh, or one chimney hole really, two holes in one chimney ceiling. And um, it's taken me at least 11 years since I first came in here. And in fact, the first thing we did with my ex who helped me get the keys and get to, to the house, like made the connection for me with the guy, the beautiful family who owned the house before me. And um, the first thing he decided to do was to light a fire. And I'm like, well, fill your boots, go on. Go on then, that's fine. Yeah, go and sit. And he's, he, it hadn't been lit for a long time. It's a very tall chimney. It's also a very gnarly chimney, chimney very organic and kinked and tunnel-like and cave-like. Um, and he, he burned all this rubbish that was just sitting in the fireplace that the family had thrown in the fireplace tidying the house up. It wasn't particularly tidy when I bought it. But um, nevertheless, he, he set fire to it and the chimney went up in flames. The chimney started doing the very distinctive sound of a chimney that has set fire to itself and then we had to call the Vigile del Foco 
out and they had to stand up on the bridge at the top of the waterfall near the house and try and figure out whether you could tell what chimney it was. That's for sure. At least it helped us identify the chimney. Um, but we had to sort of stand there and just watch itself burn itself out. And I was a bit concerned because at that time, all the four floors up above me were, were abandoned houses. And I was really concerned that there might, you know, the classic thing in our culture is, you know, it, if you have a chimney fire, it's very often because the chimney's a bit loose and it's got too much soot and there's cracks in the chimney casing and so on and things like a spark can get into the rafters or something like that and you don't want a roof fire. So my mind was just boggling at that point, looking at all these wibbly-wobbly roofs and wooden rafters and and the higgledy-piggledyness of it all and thinking oh my god and there's this furnace roaring up into it you know like waking up the life in it um in Scotland as well at least back in the day before health and safety we would always not always but it was a common thing to set fire to your own chimney to burn the soot off you know at the start of the <laughs> the start of the fire season which of course is probably you only get a month off having a fire in the house mostly in in Scotland a couple of months at most in the year if it's a hot summer so um burning the chimney might be one thing in a house where it's all your house but when there's three flats above three apartments above ay 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 so we got through that adventure and um it actually was one of the one of the earlier jobs where i decided that i would also take out the the bread oven altogether because it had been added it was actually made up of the altar that had been in the old chapel where my bedroom is now uh, the old chapel bedroom but the the old altar from that chapel had been used to sort of construct and build uh, a bread oven onto which is kind of beautiful but there's several bakeries in the town it's a lot of wood to get a a, a bread oven started and it, it didn't fit because it wasn't spewing out heat into the house, which is the important thing as well, the heating. So as beautiful as the bread oven was, I'm actually sitting here looking at the little bricks that I did each individual brick. I took it all apart, all the little organic bricks um, got scrubbed up and cleaned and soaked and brushed and cleaned and cleaned and then painted and painted and painted and made into little, little affirmation statues I've got lots of them sitting around the house that I really love um sort of reclaiming the significance of the stones and making them beautiful and important rather than just throwing them all in a hole in the gardens <laughs> somewhere so the bread oven was an incredible deconstruction process similar to years later when I decided to deconstruct the the fireplace too it was taking up a corner of the kitchen and I thought it would be much more beautiful to have seating there rather than um a fireplace um because the fireplace didn't pull very well after the bread oven was taken out the fireplace didn't pull very well didn't draw and uh, that can be a bit grim when <laughs> when it's such a tall chimney it's really important to have um a really strong roaring fire to get up the momentum to fill the chimney with smoke, to carry the smoke upwards and get to the top of the, the top of the building, which is quite far away. And and if there's nobody else using the same chimney or, or a chimney of Fianco uh, next to it, it's 
it's going to be quite cold uh, when you start to use it and that difference between the cold and the warm in the room can draw the the smoke down and it did that several times before I gave up using it and I was feeling quite a significant inability to make the house thrive shall we say I, I really struggled um, in the early years I had a scaldabano like I was saying this tall water heater that had a little miniature stove underneath it and that I, I could actually heat the kitchen with quite easily in the cold of the winter um, but I wore that one out it took about 10 years to wore, the, wore that one out and then I was stuck with uh, just a, an improvised miniature stove that is actually my tent stove from my soul man tent soul pad tent and it's about 30 centimetres long, <laughs> maybe 40 centimetres. Uh, it's very neat. It's meant for camping. It's meant to be carried into the wilderness with you. It's heavy, uh, but it's very, very neat and small and it's not made, meant to meet, heat a house. So um, I wasn't really thinking anything about this and I wasn't really thinking about preparing for winter much apart from thinking, how am I going to saw these big bits of wood that I got off the fallen pine tree last year? But I was thinking about it and thinking, just putting it out to the universe, really. You know, sometimes you have something that you know you're meant to do, but you also don't have the equipment for it. So I thought, you know, those giant logs, how are they going to fit in that tiny little stove? Like, they're just not. So <laughs> unless I get a, a really good power saw and saw them into tiny little pieces and then chop them with the axe or whatever. And I was thinking, well, I don't have the equipment to do that, so I'm just going to have to wait and try and think of somebody to, I could ask or hear when I hear somebody with a power saw, go and track them down by the sound of it and go and ask them, excuse me, can I borrow your power saw? Or would you, can I pay you or give you a painting for sawing some wood for me? So um, I was in the, I went to the Ferramento, the hardware store, and there was this perfect little stove. It was so beautiful. It was like stove porn, like so cute and much bigger than mine, obviously. Um, but very neat. And I thought, oh God, that would fit into that space amazingly. I mean, it would be its perfect little stove. And it had a, a hot plate on the top as well for, yeah, the back, a back tube and a hot plate space on the top instead. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, and it's 250 euros and I thought oh man if only and I said to the guys in the shop oh that's like a, a wee dream stove there and um, how, have you got others or or whatever and they were saying that was the only one they had and I was thinking oh I know I meant to have like a really nice stove like that and I know that it would be the perfect thing for the house now that there's no fireplace the fireplace is filled in and it's a seat um, there's only one simple tube coming straight down and I've had this mini stove in it but it's really you know I need a grown-up stove it's time to upgrade and I just let go of it because I thought well you know technically I do have the money for it right now I technically I do have it but that money has to pay for an electricity bill new cars for the tire new tires for the car and um, car insurance and sterilising the cat, which obviously it doesn't cover that at all. Um, but it certainly doesn't cover a stove. And I was thinking, oh, maybe I need to really feel into like, what is the priority in the house? You know, it does get cold here in the winter. And the priority should be 
self-sufficiency for heat in the winter rather than having to buy in gas bottles you know being able to gather wood and again the heart of the home the the beauty the alchemy as i was talking with the the ferramento family the couple who run the ferramento you know the alchemy of just sitting and calming your mind by watching the flames is is worth the money you know it's worth the effort um, so I knew that I needed the alchemy I knew that the house wanted the alchemy I hadn't really thought into it all but I knew that it was the answer it was like this is the solution and so I let it go and the very next day the very next day I tell you um I was going down to the tire shop and parked in front of the tire shop and trying to find uh, Sebastiano for the tires and there's my friend my American friend comes over the road she's walking her dog the other side of the road and she sees my car parking and I wave and I thought oh she'll she's got heading down that way she'll keep going but no she turned around and came over the road with the, the big staggering dog the big giant staggering dog he's quite old he's beautiful and she said, oh, listen, we're meant to be getting a coffee all this time and we've not managed to organise it and we're not online, not on WhatsApp or Facebook anymore. Why don't we just pop right now for a coffee? I said, Fantastic. Perfect timing. Um, I'm just uh, going to leave the car badly parked, as you do in Italy. And um, just said to Sebastiano, if somebody, if somebody complains about it, tell them I'm in the bar. So we went to the bar and had a nice cuppa, chatted about dogs and um different dog breeds with the owner and they were all patting him and giving him biscuits and stuff <laughs> and we had a good old gossip about what's going on with all the expats which is highly entertaining always who needs a tv or soap operas <laughs> um and and then uh, we started talking about stoves and she'd been putting a, a new system into her wee house up at the top of the hill and she said, oh, I've got an old stove that I'm getting rid of. I'm like, oh, 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 wait a minute. What do you mean? Getting rid of? What do you mean? She's like, oh, you can have it for free. Like, what? Really? What's it? What is it? What kind of stove? Like, I was thinking it must be an old battered up thing. And it's this, like, super modern, freaking amazing, has an oven and a big hot plate on the top. Like this beast of a stove. I was just almost speechless. <laughs> That doesn't happen often. And I was like, shit, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, how do we get it to my house? Like, yeah, that's the next thing. Um, We had a bit of a discussion about it. I went, in fact, she said, why don't we go up and see it just now? But can you fit the dog in the car? So we can... <laughs> there was plenty of space for the dog in the car. But we thought, we'll just go up and see it. We drove up the hill to the, her, the top house. And I was looking at it and she's like, why? Yeah, like, well... I'm like, it's absolutely amazing. It's a beast. It's absolutely beautiful. It's perfect. Just the logistics. Let's figure it out. And she said, oh, we'll need to get some guys to help or something next week. Or, you know, when I've got a guy coming up to do work in the house. And I was saying, no, no, no. Let's see. Hang on a sec. Let's see if you can take the doors off. The doors unhook very easily. Brilliant. Right. Easy. Hang on a sec. There's some fire bricks. There's a grate in here. That's very heavy. Take that out. Take that out. So we took a load of stuff out of it. And it turned out we could just about shuffle it over to my car, pull the car closer to the back of the house. And we, we intelligent use of leverage and balancing, and we sort of walked it over, you know, when you get a big heavy square thing, you can sort of flip it on its on one corner and make it sort of walk. 
and with the two of us and somehow we managed to lift it up as well like leaned it on the back of the car and then lifted it up and pushed it in it was a bit of a a bit of a strain we were sweating for sure but um not bad and then um it sat in the car for two days uh, i had to do a bit of asking about and eventually got good old angelo and franco bless them they're so so beautiful beautiful older men uh one even older uh and got my trolley which the trolley was not made to it's a sturdy trolley for the medieval quarter but it's really not made for um housing or carrying things that heavy um we got it out the back of the car they were fine about doing that and then clunked it down onto this this <laughs> the trolley but because we were on quite a steep slope in the little piazzetta fabio bolino it just clunked off and like fell and crashed on the ground like oh god all these bits fell out of it luckily of course the doors weren't on it with the glass in the doors and everything and all the loose bits we'd taken off but there was a whole other level of loose bits that were dislodged by this what a fire brick broke about five fire bricks fell out of it like oh, hang on stop 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 um so I, I pulled all the loose bricks out and I pulled a few more fire bricks out I thought oh gosh I, I don't know how this is going to go back together again but um we got it back up they were very apologetic I'm like no no it's it's really fine it's really fine and um, it'll all go back together we got it on the trolley with the wheels absolutely squanched down onto the floor <laughs> the tires absolutely squashed down to almost flat um even though they were well pumped up before we go down uh, down to the house and they manhandle it oh dear I was worried someone was going to have a some kind of a stroke or something but they've manhandling it down only men could do this down extremely steep marble slidey marble steps my my woman friend and I were thinking of a way to do it actually I've I've moved a lot of very heavy things down into the house and I know that you can if you get something on its side or its back you can actually slide it down the stairs as long as you have some sort of a blanket or some planks or something there and actually the two of us we were the, we were we were doing the whole like calculation of how yeah like if both of us are underneath it and we pull it towards us with its back on the floor and then slide it down slowly I think it would be fine you know so but anyway the two men are like just like that down it it's there suddenly it's in the kitchen and they shuffle it along to the other side of the kitchen and put it in the position like ah oh, absolute heaven having men to help it's such a significant thing such a beautiful significant thing to have men who are just they've got time and they want to help and they like to see a job done and yeah it was just really beautiful they wouldn't take payment they wouldn't even let me buy my beer they said they wouldn't do again they wouldn't help me again if I bought them a beer so okay I <laughs> just have to wait for another moment when there's a chance that I can buy them a beer or something something um so yeah the next thing was uh, the tube was a different size from the tube that I already had plumbed in so I had to go on a mission for a tube and I was measuring the top of the the hole in the the cylinder attachment place in the top of this new beautiful stove and I thought oh, that's funny it's oval that doesn't seem right so I went to the fermento and I was asking Raffaele um you know it's oval and he said no, no, no that doesn't sound right I don't think it could be oval <laughs> so we had a big discussion about that and I said I'll tell you what I'll go home um and I've got a big mallet I had a big mallet in the the roof box of my car 
which is for bashing in the pegs of the of the tent when I go camping with the big big tent, the sole planned tent. And I'll bash it a bit and see if I can't get it to take form again. <laughs> so I bashed it here and there and I realised it's when they dropped it, I think it got it landed on the sort of on the top a bit and that it clunked the the attachment into an oval shape so it was 12 by 13 instead of 12 by 12. <laughs> so um a bit of bashing there and then it was circular and it was a wee bit wider than 12 actually so I had to put the fat end of the new tube in rather than the thin end that joins onto the other fat end so I had to put the fat end of the tube in and I put some tape around it some insulation tape that I already had a store of at home for the for the tent uh, the tent stove for when I you know you have to use quite a lot of tape put new tape on it each time you you put it in and out or mostly in and out uh, the tent um so I, I paid all in all I paid about 50 euros for tubes and black silicone to seal up the the chimney so that was important that was a that was a wee bit um an expense that I could afford rather than 250 euros I paid 50 euros and well we'll just see about the bills later on <laughs> but the thing is as well um got that all plumbed in tried it out a couple of nights in a row absolutely draws amazingly it was a bit fumey because I didn't close the the hole in the roof yet the hole in the roof was quite a thing because I had to make it a, a centimeter wider all the way around so that was a bit of a fiddle but actually I was able to to put the the second meter of the tube all the way up inside without having to saw it in half it's a bit of a jaunty angle but it kind of is amazing that I didn't have to saw a tube in half which is a really unpleasant thing to have to do with horrible metal scrapey noises and a little tiny saw and really really hard labor so um got the stove fired up and got the roof sealed in and got the not just not just a couple of logs that were left over from my, my woman friend's beautiful wood store she's got a whole bloody wood store that she wants to give me as well like that's just unheard of in my culture somebody giving away wood for any reason uh, wood is a very precious commodity and it costs to buy wood in definitely costs a lot or a lot of labor to go and cut down trees and bushes and saw rhododendron trees and birch and such like clearing forest to make a beautiful uh, load of fuel for the winter. So there's all these logs, two car loads of logs. I've done one car load and I want to arrange with my friend to go up and get the other car load. But yeah, last night I cooked my first dinner in this inside the stove in the oven. It has an oven and a top plate. I'm heating all my teas and hot water bottles on it. The cats are in heaven. I've done loads of keeping fit, loads of getting healthy, walking up and down and up and down from the piazza, taking a sack full of logs at a time. And the house is really funny, filled with wildlife because <laughs> the logs have all got, they've been lying for a bit long and they've got all kinds of wildlife in them. I managed to tap a bit of it out, shake it a bit out as I put it into the, into the car. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of moisture in them and a lot of... Uh, a lot of insect life which the kitten is having a lot of fun with 
but yeah, I had a, I had an idea where I was going to put the stove, but then I just moved it just a little bit, and it's in the middle of the space. It's got space all around it for the cats to go in and sit behind. It's pouring heat through the little grill that I made between the space where the stove's in and the back at the bed, the back of the bedroom, the chapel bedroom. We opened up the old confessional about a year ago, two years ago, and it. it it was just putting a tiny little bit of heat before, but now with the amount of heat this, this stove throws out, it's throwing a proper amount of heat into the bedroom. And also the whole back of the house, which goes directly into the earth, and I do have to use a dehumidifier with because it's like organic and living, um, a living mountainside. It has water moving about inside it and through the cracks in the stone and everything. So the water does come to the surface in the back of the house and I use periodically use a dehumidifier to keep a keep a handle on it and you have to do a bit of repainting, a bit of replastering every now and again. But the stove is just like vroom, <laughs> dried it out in two days and the whole thing the house has never been so dry and never been so warm. Kind of crazy warm, it got a bit too much at some point. But if I open all the doors and open all the curtains that go up between upstairs, downstairs, down into the bottom, even the bottom of the house is warmer. It's amazing. Um, and again, coming back to this, the heart of the house. Oh, the medicine of this, the medicine of this stove, which is the right stove for the house. Never mind your beautiful bread ovens, Never mind caminos, fireplaces, boschetti stoves, camp stoves, never mind any of that. Just a great big fucking stove <laughs> doing what it's meant to do, burning massive logs and raging a heat that is just like, it is a heart. It is like the heart in the life of the house. It has changed the house completely. Like my life is different beautifully different and just finding the most perfect heating for the house for the ambience and it having come completely spontaneously and timely and free and just needing sweat and effort and intelligence and intelligent use of leverage and connections um you know and i've had some lovely chats with the guys who helped me i've had lovely chats with my friends since then since i put it in have lovely moments with the cats sharing food with them that's cooked in the in the oven my cat who's got a really hurt paw just now do send healing vibes to benyamino his back right paw it's really badly pierced where somebody's bitten him quite horribly uh, on the foot um yeah he's in his little healing box sitting next to it and quite happy there purring away and want his tummy rubbed so he's he's on the mend um the the feeling of being on top of things <laughs> is quite significant and and yeah just on a point of how um how healing a time it has been for me since I bought my own home and have been grounding and rooting and de-armouring and connecting with a community and 
connecting with the landscape and the plants and the trees and stepping into gift and being in independent and autonomous um of the many aspects of life that have been difficult for myself um home has been really central and even though I got my own home and thought that oh this will be like being retired so everything's going to get easy because I own my own home but actually everything got an awful lot more difficult but an awful lot more rewarding at the exact same time so it was a lot more work <laughs> than I'd been doing before um but the the work of course was as if I was healing my own body as well having this second skin this protecting protective layer around me that really belongs to me and that I'm fully inhabiting and making my own year on year on year season on season making it my own but I'd never quite got the concept of like how to manifest even though I had money at various points I could have manifested a big stove like this but it, it had to go through these phases of First of all, deconstruct the bread oven, then deconstruct the Camino, the fireplace, and just like one step at a time and until this perfect moment of sitting down with my friend in the cafe and the bar and having a wee orzo, orzo cappuccino, barley cappuccino, and chatting about the dog, gossiping, and then, oh yeah, I've got a stove you can have. Just like that, like no effort, no yeah physical effort obviously and then um, the practicalities but no stressing about money or contraction or blah 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 and it being absolutely the thing I need but not just not just in a small way but in this all these multifaceted ways including my self-care <laughs> which is very important but I very often think that it's okay, I can just muddle through winter, you know, with a, a an extra hot water bottle and an extra duvet on the bed, an extra comforter on the bed um, and a woolly hat at night. But this way I can really feel the heat coming through the grill that we put in. Um, and it's going to be a very different winter, a very different energy in the house when the, the cold and the damp will not encroach anymore. They won't encroach. So very significant what that does to a person's to my person what it's already doing to my person feeling like a very grown-up woman um feeling very capable of being able to find wood even in the local vicinity find enough wood to to live off in future years but even you know maybe at some point if I get some money in, I might actually even buy some wood at some point. I've never done that. <laughs> but, you know, this is this is like a, a real way forward um, that is very different from the muddling. And and yet it's not something I would have thought of myself unless it had, hadn't just come to me through the intuitive and through gifting and through timeliness and through synchronicity and, and friendship and community. So it it creates a solution on multiple levels for the house, for the ambience of the house, for the health of the house, 
for the health of my animals, for the comfort of myself, for my own health, um, the, for my autonomy, my independence, my ability to keep myself, um, saving money on, on fuel, uh, as long as I'm getting the wood myself, saving money on buying instead of gas to cook on. Um, yeah, there's just many, many, the pleasures are enormous. And I cleaned out the nook that I had a big set of shelves in. I cleaned all that out, found a perfect place for that in the kitchen. I made a seating area, which is directly opposite the stove, the little old nook, um, which again was a problem area because there was a, a leak from an upwards, uh, a downwards pipe from the flat above. And um, the whole wall was a wee bit, you know, like essentially still had some damp in it that was trying to work its way out. But now it's like raging heat applied to it and it's all dried out so all the issues that were very on top of me that were, I was struggling to keep on top of that I was you know fighting essentially and combating with um, they've all sort of suddenly been transformed almost overnight and as the winter goes on um, as I enjoy the the wood store and the the full winter of wood just about that I think I have from my beautiful friend's uh, donation. Ah, oh, yeah, being able to actually fully enjoy soft furnishings and cosy corners and an armchair by the fire, actually sit down and enjoy it. I, I didn't really have a space in, in the house for that before. And this is, this is the medicine, eh? <laughs> the medicine of multiple multiple aspects of the universe and the community and the collective conscious conspiring to make my life really beautiful. And that's, that's the story of my stove. <laughs> I'm going to be doing regular painting sessions, not by the stove, unfortunately, over in the studio, just the other side of the corridor. But I'm going to be doing them more regularly. Um, we've been having some lovely sessions with each other recently and we're doing Sundays, every Sunday, 4pm Rome time. I might do a morning session if someone lets me know that they want a morning session, just let me know. And I'm going to create a little box, like a little headline box on the front page of my website so you can just click on that and find where the, the next... Um, session will be and mostly it'll be on Sundays and I might do a first of the month one again like do two sessions on the first of the month in the morning in the afternoon so just keep me posted um, about what you would like uh, do reach out please don't be shy about reaching out just say I would like to paint with you and I will set up a session and I was thinking too to make this more informal and uh, make it more uh, open to everyone you know help facilitate for folk who who do want to come and paint but are shy about it um, to make it comfortable for you guys too. So yeah, don't be shy or be shy, but ask me anyway. Blessings, love, 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 love. So much love. Um, thank you immensely to all of you who are supporting me just now. I am doing really well this month and might be able to pay most of my bills. I've got new car tyres on the front of my car, um, which is amazing. They were, they were to replace ones that were literally <laughs> cracking open, literally. 
Um, so it's really beautiful to be on top of that. Got my vehicle running. I am going to be able to afford to pay the car insurance this month, especially if I wangle it down, which um, I shouldn't be paying as much as I'm paying. And every cent and dollar and Bitcoin fraction that you donate to me or support me with on Hive is enormous. My Patreon campaign is absolutely essential to my living and lets me paint, uh, lets me share with you, keeps my electricity going, um, get helps me get a gas stove, uh, a gas bottle for the the heater, gas heater for the winter for the studio. That's something I'll be investing in soon. And all in all, the medicine too from the gifting that I get is just the most powerful incentive force in the world. Knowing that we love each other and that we care about each other and we care that we're all being creative and we care that we're expanding our conscious and that we're finding solutions and we're becoming more autonomous and less dependent on corrupt services that are trying to mess mess up our lives and feed off us. Um, so, yeah, huge, huge gratitude and joy, just pure joy being supported by you all. So much love. Blessings. <laughs>